0: Welcome to Previously On, a podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. Peaky Blinders Season 4, Episode 2, Heathens. We begin in the aftermath of the attack on John's house. We flash back seeing Esme weep over John's dead body. She screams, Michael's wheel bleeding through a hospital with a frantic Polly and Thomas. Thomas leaves, informing Polly he's going to get soldiers. Arthur's at the morgue. Thomas joins him. They approach John's body, with Arthur struggling to contain his emotions and temper. Esme runs in, screaming at Thomas, but he holds and comforts her. She asks to be left with her husband. She removes John's jewellery and states she's taking the children on the road with decent people. In the present, Thomas has called a meeting. He tells them Esme's left with the kids. Michael's badly wounded with a 60-40 in his favour chance of survival and that the shooting was an act of revenge for the killing of Vicente Cangretta. Men have arrived from New York and Sicily and won't leave until their family is dead. Arthur holds a bullet with the name Luca scratched into its surface, vowing to put that bullet into his head. Thomas mentions the bad blood between the family, causing sarcastic laughter from Polly. He says they all stick together until this is over and he'll call in extra men from a man named Aberam and Gold. Johnny Dogs complains, saying that his men are savages, heathens and thieves. Polly mocks the plan, but is told the Peaky Blinders will go on the attack and Moss is out looking for the Mafia crew. Thomas says the war between themselves must end today. Everyone agrees except Polly, who calls a truce rather than peace. At Charlie's yard, Blinders men unload cases of guns and ammo, arming themselves ahead of the upcoming war. There's a big send-off for John. Thomas makes a speech reminding them of a war story where men awaiting death sang the song in the bleak midwinter that every day since that was seen as extra. And when death eventually came, they would remember that moment. Nearby, two Mafia men watch and close in armed for attack. Arthur lights the pyre as the two Italians ready weapons. One man gets Thomas in his sights, but before he can shoot, he's grabbed from behind and stabbed to death. The second man's gun down. Into the ceremony rides Aberama Gold and his men. Polly's angry that Thomas used John's fire as a trap and them all as bait, but Thomas tells her this is how it is now. Linda attempts to leave for a home in the country, but is stopped by Ada, who gives her the key to a house in Birmingham. At the hospital, Polly visits Michael, having to wake the two men supposed to be on guard duty. To her surprise, Michael greets his mother. He's told he took four bullets in the attack. Polly tells him they're going to get away, just the two of them, to Australia. Michael asks her to tell Thomas he needs to see him and tell him to bring a gun in case they come for him there. He says she has to get better quicker than he does for the sake of Thomas. Aberama asks Charlie how much he wants for his yard. He's told it's not for sale. He then asks Thomas how much but gets the same answer. He reveals he's now made the yard a part of the deal. Thomas calls Charlie over telling him they've got to spin a coin for the yard. If it's heads, Aberama gets the yard. If it's tails, Thomas gets to bed Aberama's eldest daughter. Aberama declines the toss and looks far from happy about it, stating he will buy a flower for Thomas's grave with a penny once the time comes. As food and drink flow at the yard, Thomas approaches Polly. They talk business, and he admits he needs a back, then angrily says his mother went the same way she's going, spirits and tablets and all that. Polly declares she's learned that when you are dead already you are free, but she will help him for Michael, and says Aberama wants more than just money for his services. Thomas meets with him in the stables. He finds out what Aberama actually wants alongside the cash is to help his son achieve his ambition of becoming a champion boxer. No one was expecting that. That night, Moss comes looking for Thomas but only finds Linda. He leaves a message that intelligence in London have sent men to Birmingham with specific interest in Ada, who it's thought had returned from New York to start a communist revolution. At the yard, May Carleton arrives to pick up Thomas's horse for training. Curly lets slip the Mafia are trying to kill everyone. At the factory, Thomas puts a quick boxing ring together and finds one of his workers, Billy Mills, a former local heavyweight champion and gives him orders to fight Aberama's son, Bonnie. Despite the obvious weight difference, Billy agrees. Once in the ring, Bonnie shows his skills, easily avoiding Billy's attacks before knocking him clean out. Thomas and Arthur are impressed, seeing a possibility to make a few quid. Thomas has to nip off to meet Jessie Eden, who declares the cut of five shillings from the men's wages robbery. Thomas tells her to call the strike, calling her bluff at the same time. She mentions that people are not as afraid to strike as he might think, questioning whether he actually wants to bring trouble. He admits a strike in chaos at this time might not be such a bad thing for his family and tells her to blow the whistle and call it. She does, the workers down tools and leave. Thomas asks about his next meeting and is introduced to a man said to be from Paris in town to discuss the export of car parts. We see one of the Italians from the docks enter the room. Thomas begins to question the man, who plays it very cool. Thomas lets it be known he's aware he's talking to Luca Changretta. Luca tells him he's surprised how easy it was to get into a room with him, but Thomas pulls a gun. Luca still stays cool, telling him that as they watched the fight earlier, his accomplice snuck in, found his gun and unloaded it. He places the bullets on the table, attaching a Shelby name to each as he does. He stands, declaring none of them are going to survive and that he wants Thomas to be the last so he has to watch his entire family die. It's agreed that no civilians or children will be harmed in their fight. Noble. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. Listen, if you've enjoyed this... I would love it if you subscribed. We've got loads more shows where this came from, and we'd love you to join us for them. A five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from would also be absolutely fantastic. If you've got any feedback or ideas for a show that we should be covering, we'll almost certainly be doing the big ones, but you never know. There may be others that we've missed. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you over on Twitter. You can find us at Previous Podcast, or just email us hello at previouslyon.co.uk. Previously on is presented by Jamie East and is a Daft Doris production.